The Ask Theory podcast shines the spotlight on Pinoy scientists from various scientific disciplines. Listen to some of the country's best scientific minds as they explain what they do in simple terms and share fascinating stories of how they got into science, the incredible things they've learned about the world around us, and so much more. Dr. Reese Makabebe is an associate professor and the chair of the Department of Electronics, Computer, and Communications Engineering at the Ateneo de Manila University. She heads the Ateneo Energy Research Lab. Her research interests include renewable energy with expertise in photovoltaics, energy management, and analytics. In 2020, she received the Outstanding Young Scientist Award in Engineering Sciences and Technology from the Philippine National Academy of Science and Technology. Good morning po, Dr. Reese, and welcome to the Ask Theory Podcast. Uh, good morning, Kyle. Ayun. Kamusta po? How are you doing today? Ayos naman. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a busy day today? Actually, yes. It's a busy day, but I'm glad that you invited me to be part of your podcast. So thank you very much for this opportunity to share my expertise in your platform. Yun. And thank you rin po for accepting kasi alam ko talaga medyo marami kang ginagawa. And yung work ninyo has something to do with a very important concern that I'm sure our listeners are all too familiar with. Maybe we hear about it in the news or maybe maybe yung ibang nakikinig sa atin ay involved in this kind of work themselves. And they'll find that out in a few minutes. But before that, let's get started and let's start from the beginning. Kwentohan niyo po kami. Paano ba na in love si Dr. Reese sa science? Well, since I was young, since since grade school, I've always been interested in science. The fact that we are made up of cells, di ba parang napaka-amazing na idea na yun for a grade school student. Opo. Um, <laughs> after that, I went to Philippine Science High School where, of course, I, all these areas in science were opened up to me, di ba? Before, my inclination really was towards the life sciences. Yung favorite subject ko back then was biology. However, when I was choosing a course for university, inisip ko, if I were to take up BS Biology, I would either become a medical doctor, na yun yung gusto ng dad ko. Sabi ko, ayoko, takot akong mag You know, when I watch series na may kinakut up na person, takot ako mm-hmm. ng ganun. So sabi ko, ayoko maging ano, doktor. <laughs> And then, or I'd become a researcher. Uh, sabi ko, parang hindi attractive sa akin back then, yung pagiging researcher. Or I'd become a teacher. So none of those three possible career track was attractive to me back then. Mm-hmm. And then it was my brother who influenced me to take uh, physics with computer engineering in in Ateneo. Back then, physics was really the science that I wasn't really good at. But sabi ko, sige, I'll challenge myself. I'll take it up in college and see where it goes. It was only in my third year in university that I really started to like physics. I remember one of my professors. This was like 20, more than 20 years ago. Wow! He was there. He was deriving. Naalala ko pa, kasi mm-hmm. ito, it was the moment na it was classical mechanics, yung first na higher physics course. 
Okay. And he was deriving an equation for motion of the Earth. And then he was explaining, so this is the equation. This term accounts for ganyan, ganyan. And then sinabi, oh, this last term accounts for Coriolis effect. And yung sinabi niya yung parang, ay wow, everything pala has, you know, contribution towards this. Parang dun ko na-appreciate yung, yung rigor ng deriving the equation and understanding something. So from then on, I I I had a change in my attitude towards physics. Before for me it was very very difficult. Na parang I was just doing it for the sake of you know finishing the degree and saying that I didn't <laughs> give up. <laughs> yeah. But then after that, parang ah okay, interesting pala talaga siya. There's something there that I would like to learn more and maybe you <laughs> put in more effort. <laughs> so yun, it it was. Yeah, but it it started young, my my love for science. But I guess for the field that I am in right now, it was only in college that I really appreciated it. Yeah. Ako. Yung, there were a few things that you mentioned na sobrang nakarelate ako. Yung unang-una po yung, when you mentioned that you could have gone the medical path, pero ear bit pag nakakita ng, sa, kahit sa TV shows. <laughs> Kasi ako, relate, Oo, na-relate yung, ako dyan. Yung nasasaktan. <laughs> or yung inooperahan. Ako, sometimes, ano eh, ako, hindi ako makatingin. Lalo na yung pag, uh, uh, like, my wife and I, recently, we've been watching a lot of K-dramas, pero of the, parang medical genre, ganun. Or, uh-huh. so, operating room, ganyan. Tapos, di mag-aana sila, mag-oopera sila, kakat yung, ano, bubuksan, titignan yung puso, ganyan. Tapos ako parang involuntary, napapalingon na lang ako. Papatrich <laughs> Yeah, talagang ano. And nung, nung bata po ako, ano, I wanted to be a doctor. Kasi parang ang impressive ng dating eh, di ba? Pero Oo. in practice parang ay, parang medyo hindi ko pala, <laughs> hindi ko katakaya. Mahirap din pala siya, no? <laughs> Ayun, oh. And, and even your, your initial opinions about physics is something that I think a lot of us share lalo na yung pagbata pa, tapos nag-iisip pa lang ano yung gagawin sa buhay, and then we're presented with these subjects. Ah, gusto kong mag-science track. Pero for people na hindi masyadong na-appreciate yung nuances of physics, of equations, it may all seem very difficult, boring. Magagamit ko ba to sa pang-araw-araw na buhay? Yung mga ganun bang tanong? Ah, ah. Diba? Yung ganun struggle. Well, diba nga, physics is the basic of all the natural sciences. Mm-hmm. We experience physics every every day. Pero syempre for for a kid na hindi pa na-introduce sa subject na yan, parang hindi pa kapa-aware na lahat pala <laughs> ng nakikita mo na experience mo may physics dyan. Uh, may equation na nag-govern dyan. Yeah. Oo. Oh, na, nakakaupo tayo sa mga upuan dahil sa physics. Nakakapaglakad tayo oh, dahil exactly. sa physics. <laughs> Yeah, science is everywhere. Even the sciences that we might think are boring but actually aren't. From your academic journey, let's move on to your professional journey. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that transition and how you got to where you are today. So, <laughs> so I've started my story with the three possible profession, right? Na sabi mm-hmm. ko, I don't see myself being a doctor, a researcher, or a teacher. But if you realize those are exactly the things that I am now. Those right are the now. hats that I'm wearing. Except yes. na hindi ako medical doctor, di ba? Hindi lang ako nakakapag-reseta ng gamot. <laughs> but <laughs> eventually, I also pursued my PhD. I was also a DOSD scholar in college. Mm. And then for, for Ateneo kasi, back then, the Physics with Computer Engineering is a five-year course. 
Pero yung BS Physics, four years lang siya. So on the fifth year, I didn't have my DOST scholarship na. So to, let's say, augment my allowance, okay. I started teaching part-time sa physics department. Because by that time, nung I was doing my fifth year, we were already graduates of the BS Physics. So we were already qualified to be employed. Kumbaga. Wow. Okay. Ayan, so I taught part-time. I was handling, ano lang, yung mga natural science lab. So parang laro-laro lang siya. <laughs> And, di ba? Parang for me, I mean, you're doing experiments to to with with uh, first-year student. And, and yun, parang na, na, naisip ko na parang, ah, ay, parang, parang masaya siya at that hmm. time. Parang nas, na, natuwa ako. So when I graduated computer engineering na, I decided to teach full-time. Okay. And then, ano then our chair back then, si Father Dan McNamara, siya yung nagsabi na, teach physics and see the world. Yun talaga, hindi ko makakalimutan wow. yun. <laughs> Kasi nga, there are a lot of opportunities for physics teachers to, especially those in physics education, then as a research. At that time, I have few teachers who are into that research. And they've been conducting workshops, they're being invited abroad, you know, by because at that time they were working on a big project under UNESCO. So kaya kaya nasabi sa akin yun ni, ni Father Dad. But it wasn't just about the traveling abroad that encouraged me to teach. It was also yun nga, from my experience teaching part-time, I enjoyed it. So I decided to continue doing what I enjoyed. And then eventually, I did my master's in Ateneo. And after that, after I did my master's in physics education, I didn't do an MS in physics. Kasi sabi ko, ayokong masyadong pahirapan yung sarili ko. Okay. <laughs> so I did a master's in physics education. And then I was very fortunate that I was able to attend a conference in South Africa. It was 2005, if you recall, it's the 100 years of Einstein's discoveries, yung papers niya. So mm-hmm. there was a big conference in, in, in Durban at that time. And I attended, I presented my master's output in that conference. And at that time, we were also invited to give a workshop in one of the universities. Eventually, I ended up going to that university for my PhD because that's where I met my supervisor and, and uh, he invited me to join his lab. And that time, sabi ko pa, I was hesitant. Sabi ko, ah, uh, medyo malamig dito. <laughs> and it was far. It was, it was South Africa. <laughs> I mean, most of my friends were going to the U.S. to do their their graduate studies. I ko, um, if I go to the U.S., it's very competitive. Um, uh-huh. I have to take the GRE. It's alam naman natin ang mahal ng GRE, mm-hmm. and it's really uh, for physics. It's, it's very difficult because some of them they had to prepare a year to review. So as I've said, ayong payapan yung sarili <laughs> So when the professor invited me, I said, "Okay, I'll I'll think about it." And then I was also fortunate that during that conference, I learned about a foundation. It's called Slumberger Foundation. They give scholarship for women in science. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So specifically women, because they want to diversify, increase the number of women in the academe. 
uh, teaching science and eventually engineering. So I was very lucky. I was invited by a professor and then I learned about the scholarship offered by that foundation in that same uh, conference. So I think that year 2005, yung 100 years ni Einstein, uh, ng papers ni Einstein was also a year for me where the stars were aligned. <laughs> so oh, after that, I applied for the scholarship. I I know I sent my application to the university, and that's how I I got into my PhD career, whatever you call it, in South Africa. So my university is called, at that time, it's uh, Nelson Mandela Metropolitan University. Now they dropped the Metropolitan, so it's now called Nelson Mandela University. Then, yes, it's in Port Elizabeth. And then, yung stipulation ng scholarship done was that I need, of course, I need to come back and be part of the academy. That's why that's here. That's why I'm I'm here today in Ateneo. I came home to Ateneo after I got my PhD and decided to to, to teach as well. And, and establish my research here. Grabe. Naka, nakakaliw lang na, you know, at, at, at the very beginning, yun nga, you decided that these are things you wouldn't do. And then over time, the more you learned and the more you interacted with people and the more you grew as a science-loving person, suddenly yung path mo pala dito rin pala papunta. Parang kahit gano'n mo kaiwas. <laughs> oh, talaga, for a scientist who believes in tadhana, no? <laughs> it will steer you back eh, to where, you know, things should be. Oh, where <laughs> you're I meant guess, to be. Ano, where I'm meant to be exactly. Kasi parang inisip ko rin, I did try to apply in a corporate, <laughs> in a mm. company, pero hindi ko rin tinuloy. Because I, don't, I can't imagine myself working in an 8 to 5 job. Ah, At oh, least ngayon may flexi time na, di ba? Yes. But I didn't see myself working in that kind of setup na every day I have to answer to a boss. Parang ngayon oh, ko lang yun. Clock in, 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 in so, uh, the Akad team kasi, di ba, we have more freedom. Parang, more control over the schedule. Exactly, oo. And hindi yung tipong binabantayan ka at may deliverables ka. Although, of course, syempre, he, parang hindi sinasabi sa'yo na, I mean, there are rules and guidelines and you have to follow it. But but the, the trust is there na hindi kailangan kang sabihan all the time. Ito yes. yung gagawin mo, ito yung deliverables, no? Parang ganun. So, I, I, I like this kind of environment. Uh, uh, yung monitoring, at least at Ineo, it's not that, uh, even attendance, we don't, I mean, nobody checks our attendance. As Sobrang faculty. strict. Yeah. Mm-mm. We have, we do have, I mean, the, the class beetle can report if you're absent. Pero wala yung pupunta sa classroom mo at, at nag-check kung nandun ka. <laughs> Monitor, uh-huh. So, so I, I like the this kind of environment. So that's why I stayed then this mm-hmm. long. And that's a sentiment that I'm sure a lot of us share. Ako, personally, right now I'm more of a full-time freelancer. Sounds like an oxymoron, but yeah, I'm, a, I'm freelancing full-time. So medyo... I get the, uh, iba talaga iba yung feeling na you're not being, eh, parang walang nakabantay nga sa'yo, nakatutok sa'yo na ano, na all the time and you feel pressured to to deliver stuff. So, different working styles for different people. I'm curious though, you told us about your professional journey, you told us about what you're doing right now, but what would you say is your advocacy? My advocacy, I, I guess ever since I was young, I've always cared about the environment. 
Mm-hmm. So I was fortunate then that my research area when I did my PhD was in photovoltaic or solar cells. So I don't make solar cells, but uh, that time since physics, nga, I did solar cell modeling. And then I worked with a PhD student who made solar cells. So we did some studies on the cells that he produced. So it's in that area. So of course, when coming back to, to Ateneo with that, knowledge, expertise, and so in, in solar photovoltaic, we're able to expand our research into energy monitoring. And eventually, once we have that platform, we were able to do some AI and analysis of energy data and uh, come up with something that would, you know, allow or that can be used by consumers to monitor energy consumption and be aware of how much energy you use. We're all familiar with the term carbon footprint, but Mm -hmm. that translates to how much energy (laughs) you Uh use. (laughs) So I guess that's where my contribution would be towards how we care for environment. It's more of being conscious of how much energy we use. I personally, medyo malaki yung carbon footprint ko kasi travel ako ng travel. Pero iniisip ko, kahit wala ako, lilipad pa rin yung aeroplano na yan. <laughs> Masabay lang. Masasabay <laughs> na lang ako. Pero at least in some other ways, we we try to reduce our impact on the environment. Diba? And yeah. we also do something to help others realize that. Yes. So, na lang ako. So, let's do something to let's help us to make more. others realize. <laughs> oh, kasi, kasi parang wala eh. na lang akong magagawa dun sa travels. <laughs> but that's a, that's a very interesting point that you brought up, no? Na the conveniences and necessities of everyday living in, in the modern world sort of make all of us, and I'm sorry for the term, pero sort of make all of us complicit in whatever is happening to the world as a whole, especially in terms of the climate crisis, which we've all heard about. We've all heard about it in the news. We've all heard about, heard of experts talking about it. We've all heard about self-proclaimed experts denying it. Basically, we're all aware of the concept of climate change, the climate crisis, and yung urgency, the urgency behind the messaging surrounding climate change. But there's one thing that I sometimes observe sa mga tao, it's that some are really adamant about saying that uh, the, the big corporations, the companies are the ones who are primarily responsible for fighting the climate crisis. And then other people would say, but the responsibility starts at home. Personal responsibility, individual accountability. And then there are others who say that, but if you look at the overall statistics, there are only three countries contributing in a big way to the climate crisis and the rest of us smaller countries are suffering. So maybe hindi naman to settle once and for all, but to, to provide some clarity on this. Upon whose shoulders should the responsibility of fighting climate change really fall and why? Really fall? Parang napaka-definite nung, ano, nung tanaw na yan. I don't have the answer. Just, yeah. I mean, I don't have the right answer to your question. This is based on my opinion. And I, I guess I'm one of those people who would say we're all part of this world and we're all responsible. Mm-hmm. Of course, some are more responsible than others. Diba? Like as you said, nga, there are only three countries who are really big contributors towards this global warming. But 
I guess everyone should make an effort kasi di ba you can start small and it can grow bigger eh? if you account for individual contribution di ba that's when you get critical mass yeah so kahit mag-isa ka lang try to do some change in in your own behavior in uh, in your own attitude towards you know contributing to this global warming like reducing your carbon footprint or at least you know doing something these small contributions can become big if there are more of us doing that i love that parang ang akin i i, I treat it as like you putting coins in a coin bank sempre yung coins on their own isipin natin maliit lang na halaga or piece of peso lang ganyan pero you know pag naipon sila you know you're you're able to do more with that amount so that's how i see it parang ganun i mean it's a crude yeah. for me it's a bit of a crude analogy but in analogy. in the context pero yeah pero exactly diba kung gusto mong mag-save you need to put in your peso bit by bit or diba so it's the same. I mean, yun, yun, sabi, oh, let's start at home. I mean, let's start with ourselves. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yun nga, if you can influence other people to do the same, then it's better. Yeah, definitely. So, I snowball agree. Snowball effect na lang yan. Snowball effect, yeah. And kanina, while you were talking about your advocacy, you mentioned a little bit about energy consumption awareness. And this is something that for example, if you look at your appliances, like a mall, where you buy like a, a refrigerator, if you're looking for a refrigerator or a TV, you often see there's a piece of paper that's written there. Yes, diba? Uh-huh. That, that sort of creates the awareness that efficient pala to versus the one that's medyo hindi to masadong efficient. But that that to me links to the overall topic of energy consumption awareness, being aware of your energy consumption. So. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about it. This concept that maybe the average person doesn't think about every day. And ano ba yung mga kailangan nating malaman as the general public tungkol dito? This energy consumption, because of course, is directly related to our research, no? But for us, kasi for regular household consumer, di ba? We only see our energy consumption kapag nakita natin yung Meralco bill natin. Minsan <laughs> yes. nga kung hindi ka yung nagbabayad ng bill, you don't see it at all, di ba? <laughs> Pagpagalitan ka na lang ng nanay mo. Sabihin niya, okay, kaka-computer mo yan. Kaya taas ng kontenta yeah. natin. Pero, dalawa pa lang or tatlo yung aircon sa bahay na 24 hours yung naka-on. Kaya ang taas. So, it's not only looking at yung wattage ng appliances natin, but it's also on how long are we using it. For instance, no, mayroon kang aircon na one horsepower, gagamitin mo lang siya ng two hours sa gabi. Kasi para lumamig lang yung kwarto versus meron kang electric fan na 60 watts pero ginagamit mo siya ng 24 hours. Medyo comparable na rin yung babayaran ng electricity Ooh. bill between your electric fan and your aircon. Kasi let's remember na yung energy is, di ba, nagbigay ng formula eh. Di ba, <laughs> ano yon power rating times the time that you use it. Nakakilowatt hour yan. So kahit mababa yung power rating niya, kung matagal mo siyang ginagamit, comparable yon sa mataas na power rating or na maiksip mo lang siya ginagamit. So I guess that's one thing na hindi tayo masyadong aware. 
Yeah. If, if if we're talking on the on the appliance level na na consumption. At saka ayun din, most of us don't see our electricity bill kasi hindi naman tayo nagbabayad. Babayad. <laughs> But yeah, oh, some of us, di ba, naglalaro tayo ng, ay, hindi ako naglalaro. Pero di ba, nanonood ng TV ng araw. Ay, co-consume. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, well, this is something na, ano lang siguro, na those who can afford it. If you can convert your appliances to yung low power appliances, that would drastically reduce your energy consumption. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, instead of, you look yung mga, well, anyway, most of our TVs naman ngayon are LEDs na. Or even yung you're saying about the ref, di ba, na yung energy efficient. Ako personally, na-observe ko yun, bumaba yung electricity bill ko when I used a refrigerator na mas energy efficient. So, it makes a difference. Yung mga ganong choices when we buy things. So, I guess at least those who can afford to make those choices should be, you know, smart and be conscious na gagawin ko to kasi this will be good for the environment. Yeah. <laughs> and maganda yung point na na-bring up nyo kasi syempre yung iba iisipin, bakit ako bibili ng bagong ref? Eh, okay pa tong ref ko? Or bakit ko paparitan tong, tong TV ko to something more energy efficient? Eh, ano naman, eh, this is this is working perfectly. Ayaw kong gumastos. Pero if you think about it, like, it's not just the cost. There's there's more to it. It has a, a ripple effect. A, a bigger benefit. Yes. Kasi you, yun, lagi yan, diba? Parang upfront cost, mahal siya, but in the long run, if you're looking at your electricity bill, you're saving a bit din naman. So, if you're going to look at the lifetime of your appliances, like for instance, ref, parang 10 years or more, di ba? Though, at least it would, you know, accumulate. Parang ma-break ma- even mo na rin siya eventually. <laughs> yung cost niya. Sa savings you eh. You take it out from your, from your savings electricity bill. Di ba? And you're doing good pa sa environment. <laughs> Yun na importante din. Yun nga, na, kumbaga, you're not the only one benefiting. Even people who aren't here on this planet yet. Siyempre, kasi if you think long-term, di ba? Sure. Oo, mga apo-apo nyo dyan. <laughs> In the future, you'll also benefit from it. <laughs> yeah. Earlier, na yun nga, nabanggit nga yung, there are just a handful of countries, three, na talagang major contributor. And the rest of us, the Philippines, sadly included, ang talagang nagsasuffer. And even if you look at the the statistics, the weather phenomena, the temperatures. Basically, if you look at the Philippines from a wider lens, makikita talaga na over the years, medyo tayo yung nagsasuffer talaga ng impact ng climate crisis. Tayo and yung mga countries that are similar in geographic location or in makeup ng islands and ano, or, or place, position sa mundo, basically. This makes me wonder about how we're doing, how the country is doing in terms of yung moving forward with renewable energy technologies, with uh, technologies to help us fight the climate crisis. And even just looking at it from your overview is already giving me a headache just thinking about it. Because feeling ko, from what I've seen on the ground and from what I read sa, sa news, there's a lot of work to do. There's still a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to ask you, an expert, how are we doing exactly? Um, how are we doing I agree with you. There are a lot of work to do. I think it was just this year or last year that diba yung may merong Paris Agreement on Climate Change and mm-hmm. then all nations should should indicate how much percentage of their carbon emission they would reduce for yeah. yung parang mag-set ng target. I can't recall the numbers now. Pero 
based on what we promised and what we are delivering, parang we still have a long way to go. <laughs> I guess it has something to do with ano din, yung difficulty for investors to come in. Masyadong maraming permits, layers that they need to go through before they can actually invest in renewable energy project, for instance. And there is also that issue of yung trade-off between, you know, Philippines is an agricultural country, diba? We've been saying that kahit madaming agricultural products natin yung na-import na. But we remain an agricultural country. And then yung land natin, it's mostly for agriculture. And usually what would be in the pipeline for renewable energy, diba yung idea is yung solar kasi it's it's a very mature technology na but then where do you put it diba? do you put it on land that is being used for agriculture do you put it in the middle of laguna lake where you have fish pens so yung ganung i think limitation then for space but the government has a plan tiwala siguro pero i think based on the current pace in terms of implementation, kailangan bilisan so that we can catch up on our target. But these are in terms of the, the big the big power plants, di ba? Mm-hmm. One of my parang focus din sa, sa research namin is renewable energy technologies for communities naman. There are several non-government organizations who are focused on bringing renewable energy to communities and I think those guys really need help in terms of funding. They're the ones who really does have impact on the grassroots. So I think sila yung mga nakakalimutan kasi most of them, they would get grants from international organizations. Eh. So I think the government should allot funding for Again. those who are really working on the ground to help the communities. Kasi... In terms of electrification, di ba, yung goal na 100% electrification, I think 2022 yata siya, if I'm not oh. mistaken. And that, that's last year. Pero yeah. we're still not 100% electrified. And it's a moving target. Pag nagbago yung energy plan, mag-move na, Move na naman. Na yeah. Uh, pero sino yung unelectrified? These are the communities in the islands, di ba, in the remote places, those up in the mountain. And sometimes our government programs don't reach them. And yun nga, yung mga non-government organizations, yung mga foundations, they're the ones who would reach out to these communities. So funding should be given to them so that they can implement yun, projects that would, would alleviate or would electrify these communities. And also, the government don't account for these efforts. Yung ina-account lang nila, yung, of course, yung mga big companies na nakaregister sa DOE. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> Nako. So, uh, that, that, that's my, I don't know, I, I hope I'm not ranting, but that's no. my wish for funding to be given to community-based efforts on energizing these underserved or unserved communities. It's good that you brought that up because that's not, this is not something I hear about in the news a lot when we talk about They yung, don't make the news. They don't they make don't the news. Sell. <laughs> so, Unfortunately. Yeah, they, they, they don't get reported because you know, they don't sell. <laughs> that's that's really sad. The people, uh, they're the ones that we should reach out to. Kasi sila yung, kaya hindi tayo 100% electrified. Dahil 
sa mga communities na to na malalayo. The government have what they call a NPC SPOG, the Small mm-hmm. Power Utilities Group. They're the ones who are responsible for electrifying what they call the missionary areas, yung mga malalayo. But uh-huh. then, most of these power plants are diesel generated or diesel generators sila. So, yeah. yan pa yung isang issue ko. <laughs> oh. And it's expensive to bring this type of fuel to an island, di ba? <laughs> Yeah. Kaya we must consider renewable energy para sustainable siya. <laughs> yeah. Parang just listening to you has been very informative and also at the same time medyo nakakalungkot. Kasi parang these are struggles. Some of the, these struggles are things that we're hearing about just now. Pero yung deeply rooted problem of yung these communities not being reached, I think this has been going on for so many years. Some of these problems have been raised probably wait even before i was born <laughs> and and hanggang ngayon problema pa rin before sila before i was born <laughs> and problema Uh-oh. pa rin sila hanggang ngayon bakit ganun hindi pa rin naaayos like, it's not like the, the government is completely ignorant diba? parang I, i i wonder i wonder what I, we can do sa, siguro ano din yung yun giving priority to those who need it most diba depende naman yan kung sino yung ano eh yung nasa LGU, di ba? Yeah. Usually, gano'n naman eh. Nagdi-depend sa LGU. <laughs> mm, that's true. That's true. Although, there was one thing that you mentioned kanina that caught my attention then. Yung the use of AI. And yung AI kasi ngayon, matunog siya. Matunog yung AI. There's There have been debates almost endlessly about everything from art, using AI to generate art, to copywriting, uh-huh. to to yung yung how how we'll be all lose our jobs because of AI and all of that stuff but it's it's interesting to me that AI has a place in energy analytics so maybe tell us a little bit about that and more more importantly na ma-apply ba talaga to sa Pilipinas oo naman may ipo-promote akong ganun um well AI is a very very broad field and as you've said nga it it, it can be applied to many things so you you've mentioned art it's just that how we use it i think we have to be responsible kasi nga diba meron ng mga technologies na yun nakakopy nila yung artwork or yung style ng artist because of of ai and many people already fear even sa academe din eh parang how do we check essay and make sure it's not generated <laughs> by chat gpt yeah diba? that's a big question <laughs> Sabi naman ng mga ibang colleagues ko from the humanities, uh, if you read the generated essay, they don't make sense. So siguro bibigyan ko yan ng C, yung grade, ganyan. <laughs> But definitely, hindi siya makaka-A. So there are still ano pa naman. And in our case naman, we use AI as a tool to analyze data. So I guess this is where yung ethical use of tools or ethical use of the technology should come in, di ba? You mm-hmm. can either use it for good or for evil. <laughs> Superhero movie. Oh. <laughs> in our case, how we use AI, basically we utilize uh, machine learning to to look at patterns. One application is, for instance, for us to forecast yung, say we have a solar PV array, mm-hmm. a solar PV system. If we want to know how much energy it will produced the next day tomorrow 
we can look at ano ba yung weather forecast bukas. And then kasi the power that you can generate from your solar panel, directly proportional siya sa how much the sun will shine. Mm. So if we can forecast or what will be the solar irradiance tomorrow, we can calculate how much power we can get from the solar panel. So it can help, lalo na sa mga malalaking power plants, di ba? Kasi they promise to deliver something eh. If they can't deliver or if they can say na, ah, tomorrow hindi sufficient yung energy that we can generate from our solar, then maybe we can supply it from some other source. Sometimes they have backup eh. Para lang they can supply the whatever energy they committed. So yun, so that's how we use AI for prediction, for forecasting. Looking at patterns and predicting what will happen next day or in two days and so on. So another application where we use AI in energy analytics is I've mentioned about the energy consumption and the energy yeah. monitoring that we do in our in our lab. So usually kasi diba yung Meralco bill natin we only see the kilowatt hour consumption for the month. You can actually measure directly from your main switch we can put a sensor and then it will measure your energy consumption wedding per hour, per minute, depending how you set it. And then we use AI. What we do is we call that measurement as the aggregated consumption. We can disaggregate. Disaggregate. Disaggregate, meaning we can identify at that particular point which appliances you are using. Kaya ganyan yung consumption mo at a certain point in time. Each appliances kasi will have their own signature eh. So we we get the signature of each appliances, we train the machine learning model, and then we feed the aggregate data, yung galing sa main line mo, and then the machine learning will identify, ah, yung signal ng electric pan nandyan, yung signal ng ref nandyan. Yun. So it would we can say which appliances you are using by just measuring yung total power consumption mo at that instant. Oh. So basically, AI, you train it yeah. with each appliance signal and then let it identify from the aggregate signal what appliances are there. So it's not harmful to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> it can be harmful if you use it in a different way. Oh, in in, again, in, no, in improper let's ways. Just be ethical. <laughs> let's just be ethical on how we use it as a tool. Yes, exactly. Since it is a tool, basically, at its very core, AI is a is a tool. And valid naman yung concerns. Pero if, you, if it's a tool used for good yes. na walang inaapakan or walang na-oppress na, na tao, it can actually give us a lot of benefit. Yes. And I guess when I presented this type of work in a first world country, syempre <laughs> <laughs> yung fear naman nila, oh my God, Big Brother is watching us. Kasi Big now Big Brother <laughs> would know how much energy we're consuming. They would just yeah. shut down yung, <laughs> yung supply ko. Yung mga... Oo nga. Ganun oh, well, nga. If you go, you know, <laughs> to that level, it's really possible with AI, <laughs> but I mean... Medyo dystopian. Diba? Grabing pang science... First world problem talaga. Uh, science oh, fiction. Sa third world. <laughs> uh, science fiction novel levels of ano, problem. 
<laughs> Big brother. Hey. Yeah. But it's good that you mentioned that kasi talagang concern nga yan ng iba na this tool can be used to monitor. Ano. Pero nga, it really depends on what data you give it and how it uses the data naman. It's a tool. It doesn't think for itself. It calculates. So Exactly. Ayan. And AI in itself is a concept that for many is, is still a difficult thing to wrap their minds around. And for good reason. Kasi... AI has also, has always been associated traditionally been associated with dystopian realities taking over humanity kasi ganun yung fascination natin with with AI we're, we're watching so many hollywood yes. films diba uh, exactly yeah, yeah. terminator <laughs> yung mga ano yung AI ni, ni uh, iron man diba so many ways that AI is applied in these movies na parang yun yung nagiging idea natin about it and this, I think, speaks pero, to... Pero yeah, sorry. reality naman kasi, di ba, even, even yung nga, yung mga current dilemmas Technology. about AI, di ba? Uh-huh. I mean, it, yeah, the, the, the problem exists. Let's not ignore it. It's, yes. again, as, as I've said, we should all be responsible on how we we use it. Yun. That's true. Kasi it uh-huh. can be abused naman. Yeah, like any tool. Oh, it can be abused, misused. No? So, yeah, yeah. ayun. Those are good points. And that, I think, speaks to yung the general truth that when, when we're confronted with something that we don't completely understand or cannot explain, maybe instinct natin to think of the worst case, worst possibilities, <laughs> worst scenario, no? And for me, that's interesting in the context of our discussion now about the climate crisis, about climate change. Because despite the fact that we're, we're basically inundated or flooded with information about climate change, about the climate crisis, you know, talking to people on the ground would, would tell you that maraming, maraming, maraming pang hindi masyadong naiintindihan about climate change. Like some, some people have these weird ideas about climate change, about the climate crisis, and, and that also gives rise to people na who deny that the climate crisis is real, ganyan. Pero as someone who works in the field, I'm curious to know what is the most difficult thing about your work in addressing the climate crisis. Actually, this is a very difficult question to answer. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's yung awareness na what I'm doing is very little mm-hmm. and might not make an impact. Pero yun nga eh, you just have to think na no matter how little it is, hopefully there's the snowball effect. Yung yung hope na lang na it can somehow you know, reach at a certain, you know, level na it can make a small difference. I guess that's the most difficult thing about my work, being aware that what I'm doing is very, very small if you look at the scale of the problem. Yeah. Yun. But that should not be a discouragement in my end kasi yun nga, you just have to be positive na kahit maliit yung ginagawa mo, meron ka pa maliit na contribution in a bigger effort yeah. to at least uh, make a difference. Yun. So like in my case, nga, yung research namin, it, I mean, if you're going to look at it, we're just a small group, you know, doing some small things. But it's good that when we present it to conferences, we also get feedback, we get suggestions, and we also see what other people are doing. And parang, ah, okay, pareho kami na ginagawa. So there's, Something, you know, there's something there in, in what mm-hmm. we do. 
yun. And there are also people who would like to collaborate with us. So parang okay din, pero it's an encouragement that oh, we're doing something right. Diba? Kasi other people are also interested with what we're doing. With what we're doing. And with, with what we can do. So, yun, yun, I guess. But yeah, yeah, what we are contributing towards addressing climate change is small compared to what other big companies could have done. That's true. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, oh, yeah. but we do our best. We try. And you know, that's the important yeah. thing. We do, yeah, we do our best. Yun talaga eh. Napaka-depressing well. ng sagot ko ba? <laughs> I don't have a very grand answer kasi that's the reality. Eh. And yeah, people I, in the academy Yeah, I prefer... Saying it as a no, realistic. Uh-oh. It's a it's a realistic answer. Ay, sabi nga, reality can be disappointing. But you know, we make the most out of it. You mentioned na sometimes it, it takes strength in the fact that there are some people who, who might want to collaborate, might want to work with you. So if there are people right now who are listening to you and maybe interested to know more about the work you do or to collaborate with you, ano ba yung best ways para makontakt kayo? Ah, you can always reach me through email. Mm-hmm. It's imakabebe at ateneo.edu. And I'm actually easy to find in Google. You can just Google my name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very easy to find in the internet universe. Yeah. <laughs> But the best way to reach me is via email. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, you know, this was a very fun talk. And kahit medyo nakakalungkot ng konti yung subject matter. It was fun <laughs> because... <laughs> climate change and it's yeah, real it's happening and right now yeah. it's it's getting worse it is Or getting it, worse you know it, it's not slowing down so it's, eh. it's really i mean a depressing topic <laughs> yeah it's like it's like a, a yun nga, yun nilang, it's a train watching a train wreck in slow motion except it's not in slow motion and and you know we it's not we hope it will slow down but we hope it will eh, Oh, and we sometimes feel like we're just spectators. Although that's not true, we can do something about it. It's important to remember that. Pero sometimes we feel now we're just watching. <laughs> and parang papunta tayo yeah, sa collapse. Yung contribution natin sobrang liit lang. Parang may magagawa. Buto can it make a small dent? Pero you know, at least we try, diba? <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Oh, and and as someone who has been working in this field for quite some time, I just have to ask you. Do you have any advice for our listeners na who maybe listened to you today and are thinking, hmm, this will be my life's mission from now on? Or people who've been thinking of doing this even before this podcast na gustong tumulong in this effort, especially if they want to do it in the Philippines, what would be your advice for them? Oh, in the Philippines? <laughs> well, <laughs> alam mo, it, it's a reality. No, mahirap talaga funding sa Philippines. But again, there are a lot of ano din naman, funding opportunities abroad na you can, I mean, you can apply for grants abroad so that you can do research in the Philippines. Siguro 20 years ago, I would say na most of scientists would go abroad, do their research there kasi there isn't that much to do in the Philippines. Hmm. But in this age, And also with technology, diba? Madali na mag-Zoom call. You can easily collaborate with professors from abroad. Mobility is also okay na rin. It's not impossible to do science in the Philippines. DOST already a lot funding for this type of work. And it's a matter of, you know, sending in the 
Coming up with a nice proposal yeah. and sending the proposal to them. Medyo mahirap pag, pag private university ka. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, na naman ako ngayon. <laughs> but yeah, it's not impossible to do science in the Philippines. So uh, my advice to our young listeners, especially if you plan to pursue science, you know, and of course, if you want to work as a researcher, having a science, a Bachelor of Science is not enough. You need to pursue your PhD. And my advice is it's good to pursue your PhD abroad because you will get a different perspective. In terms of work habit, magaling pa rin naman yung Pinoy. But being exposed to the technology outside, you can bring it back to the Philippines. Eh. I guess that's important. Lumabas ka man to do your graduate studies, ang importante, bumalik ka dito when you have enough experience and when you know that you can already stand on your own. Yan. And then that's when you can start your own research and make a difference in the Philippines. So I'm not against people, you know, going outside and doing their grad school. Well, eventually, yung iba hindi bumabalik, but I yeah. appreciate those who come back and choose to do science at home. Yeah. So yun yung aking advice. And of course, find it in your heart to always give back to the country. After yeah. all, we only have this country. <laughs> oh, sad. Um, sad, but also hopefully inspiring. It's what we have. It's inspiring. It's, it shouldn't be sad. We have yeah, it should be inspiring. <laughs> yeah, be proud of, uh, no, it's it's home. and Yeah, we have know. a long way to go, but there's no place like home. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Nothing against people who decide to stay abroad, of course, siempre, as you've said. Pero there's really no place like home. Ayun. That was a beautiful piece of advice in the midst of this rather bleak topic, which I really appreciate na you were able to explain so well and provide some hope and inspiration for us who are living here right now and who want to do something about the climate crisis. So hopefully you'll be open to being on the podcast again at some point, maybe talk about your research some more or mag-encourage ng ibang tao to, to take the similar path. But really, thank you for being here, for talking to us today. Thank you for inviting me, Kyle. Ayun. So I look forward to, to talking to you again soon. And if there's anything that we can help you with, please let us know. Take care, stay safe, and keep in touch po. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ask Theory. Follow Flip Science on Facebook, at Flip Science PH on Twitter, and at Flip Facts on Instagram. And check out our official Shopee store if you want to get copies of our books, Historiang Scientifico and Science Scramble. Stay curious!